is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! <laughs> Good morning, everyone. I'm glad that you have joined me today, wherever you may be. Um, yesterday, I had a kind of a bad day. Started out, started out pretty good. Uh, I did get some things accomplished here at church. Um, like, I did some labeling and organizing of my file cabinet tote things that I have, my these plastic totes thingies. I don't know what you really call them. Um, but I used our vinyl cutter to make it look real nice and have everything totally organized. Check this out. This is pretty impressive. Now, if you're, if you're watching, you're going to be able to see this. If you're just streaming on one of the other platforms, you're not going to. And I feel sorry for I'm sorry that I'm putting visuals up here. Just know you're able to see this on YouTube or Facebook. So... There's options if you really want to see it, but check this out. This is what my uh, organizational skills looked like yesterday. So it's pretty nice, right? Uh, but then from then on, it kind of got worse. See, we had a, a team of electricians that were in here. Um, we have Planet Fitness going in next door, so they have to tie in their 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 electrical and their security system and all that into the fuse boxes or whatever. I don't know. I'm not an electrician, but they're running cables and conduit and all kinds of stuff. And they had their cherry pickers and beeping and noises going on and all that kind of stuff, which really got me. That made me decide to use the label maker or the, uh, the vinyl cutter because it's also very loud. So I'm like, I will fight your loudness with my loudness. So that's kind of how that happened. But um, in the meantime, I got a migraine. And uh, here's, how, here's how the migraines kind of start for me. So I was in Pastor Eric's office talking to him. And you know how if you uh, look at a light, like a light bulb or something, and you look away and you still kind of see the purplish when you blink or whatever, like a light bulb, whatever. Well, I felt like that was happening as I was talking to him, but I'm like, maybe I did look at a light. I don't know. And then I left to go home to get lunch. And as I'm driving, uh, I started losing my peripheral vision. It started getting black, like I was getting tunnel vision. And then right in the center, there was all those like sunspots where I couldn't see. I was like, ah. And that lets me know that I got about 20 minutes until misery is going to happen. So I get home, I take my Excedrin migraine, down a bunch of water, grab ice packs, go upstairs, lay in bed. But the problem was I wasn't tired. So it's like, if it helps if you're a little tired, because then you can try to sleep it off. But there was, I was like, just writhing in bed, like, ugh. no, I don't get them as bad as a lot of people do. And I don't get them very often. It's only a couple times a year, I think. And uh, I, when I had meningitis, that was a headache that I never want to go back to. It was encephalitis was with it, so my brain was kind of swelling, and it was it was terrible. I I wanted them to cut my head off. But my nowadays, they're not fun by any means. But 
I'm not going to compare them to other people's migraines where they have to like lock themselves in a dark room for days. I feel bad for them. Those are terrible. Mine I get through in, in a, in, you know, like half a day or something like that. And then I sleep the night and I, I'm about 80%, 85% back. Still a little funky, but you know, we'll be fine. So in the midst of this migraine, it made me not able to prepare for this Devo the way I normally would. Usually it's Tuesday afternoon. I think about what I'm going to talk about, do a little research. I do a little scripture, like a little study and kind of stuff. It may not seem like it when you listen. Like, you know, he's totally shooting from the, which is sad because I actually have prepared. But today, I didn't get a chance to really prepare. I'm just coming in to do this. I did look up some scriptures because I'm going to talk about something that I've been kicking around for a while, thinking about discussing it publicly. See, my wife and I, okay, how do I go about this? She's irritated by what I'm about to, t- <laughs> to bring up in the, about a conversation that we had. And, and uh, she actually gets kind of mad about it, I think, which I think is weird and funny, but here we go. So a couple weeks, she probably knows what I'm going to talk about. Anyways, a couple weeks ago, I don't even know how it came up, really. We were talking about being old or living in an old age or whatever. And I said that I, I only want to live till I'm 60. If that, you know, like 60 is the max. And my wife's reaction was like, she was offended and mad and irritated. How could you say that? She was like a taken, taken aback by what I said, and I was taken aback by what her reaction to it. She's like, why wouldn't you want to be with your family? And she's like, and I was like, why would I want to stick around this sinful, hateful, miserable world where I can, when I can go to somewhere amazing? I mean, I hear it's, you know, the, the best. Um, Jesus himself says in the midst of unimaginable pain hanging on the cross like this is his worst day ever jesus is taking our sin i'm dying an excruciating death and yet he says to one of the criminals behind him in luke 23:43 he says jesus answered him truly i tell you today you will be with me in paradise paradise i, I want to go to paradise and I feel pretty confident that I, uh, I, I purchased my ticket. I, I, I didn't purchase it. It was given to me. That I, 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 got, I got my ticket to get there. I just have to, you know, you wait. Ugh, I hate waiting. It's the worst. Now, I'm not saying I am miserable here or anything. I love my family. I love leading worship. I love a lot of things here on earth. But, you know... There's a whole lot not to like here on earth. So I was trying to wrap my mind around how how do I describe this to somebody? Okay, let's look at it like this. I love vacations. Vacations are awesome. And here's the thing, I don't get to go on many due to financial issues mainly. Um, But my all-time bucket list vacation spot, I want to go there so badly that I'll probably never get, yeah, I've even accepted that I'm probably never going to get there, never going to be able to see it in person, is the Maldives. 
And from the photos that I've seen of it, it's the most beautiful place on earth. It's to me, it's probably the closest thing you can get to heaven here on earth. Now, I know there's lots of people who aren't beach type of people who aren't who like the mountains or whatever like that. Maybe you don't resonate, but I don't know. The Maldives, I see the pictures, it's the they're breathtaking. It's absolutely gorgeous. Like I said, it takes my breath away. I just didn't want to be there sitting on the beach and looking at this beauty that God has created. So it's my all-time vacation destination. So let's just say someone comes up to me. Say I run into some billionaire or whatever, and he's like, Adam, I bought you a vacation, and it's all-inclusive to the Maldives. You're going to get first-class everything for free. It's my gift to you just for you being you. And I would be so excited. I'd be like, yes, let's go. And then I'm like, thank you. I, I Thank you so much. You don't know how much this means to me. Uh, when do I leave? And then they say, someday. And I'm like, what do, what do you mean someday? And he's like, I don't know. Someday. And I say, I thought you bought me the tickets and, and I'm good to go. And he's like, you are. It's going to be awesome. And I'm, well, I, I want to go right now. And he's like, I'm sure you do, but you can't go right now. And I'm like, why? He says, because. Because why? Because I said so. Uh, you have to do a little bit more struggling here before you get to go there. And I'm like, how much longer? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. See what I'm saying? It's like, I want to go right now. Why do I want to stay here when I could be in paradise? I mean, it's it's frustrating a little bit. But, but here's the thing. Here's the difference between like that scenario with the Maldives and heaven. Like the Maldives... It does have some bad aspects about it. Here's the downside of, of Maldives. There's some negatives. So here we go. Terrorism. Um, I read this on the Travelers Worldwide website in 2023. It says there's some risk of terrorism. Luckily, most tourists are insulated from the worst that can happen in the Maldives as they primarily stay in isolated resorts that put the safety of their guests first. The primary problem most countries mention in the travel advisors to Maldives is terrorism. <laughs> terrorism is a pretty big negative, if I say so myself. Um, then the next uh, negative is uh, the tidal waves and flooding. So uh, the Maldives is one of the lowest countries in the world, um, and hence it great, it's greatly threatened by sea level rise, coastal storm surges, and associated flooding. And then it says tidal waves and flooding often contaminate groundwater and sewerage systems leading to disease outbreaks in the country. So that's that's not a great thing. Like, what if you get to the Maldives right after this big storm and the sewage and there's a, like, it could, it could be a little sketchy there, right? Then lastly, there's crime. There's crime, petty crime, including theft of goods left unattended on the beach or in hotel rooms. Uh, but... In the grand scheme of things, that's pretty much everywhere on Earth. There's crime everywhere. Uh, so, in the most beautiful, gorgeous place on Earth, to me at least, uh, the place I would call paradise has some big-time negatives that come with it. Heaven, on, on the other hand, has zero negatives. It has a perfect rating on Yelp 
or you know, like I, it's perfect. No, not one negative. Not one. Nobody has come to me and been like, "Heaven was pretty awesome," but there's this. Like it has never happened. Uh, but the only thing that I could say, I've heard would be a negative, and it has nothing to do with heaven itself, by the way. Um, which my wife did bring up when I what I said about this uh, was, um, what about them not being there in heaven when I get there? She said, "What about the family?" We'll all be down here while you're up there in heaven. Sure, of course, I'd like us all to go together. But that would most likely have to be like a big, terrible accident where we were all killed together. Or Jesus coming back and taking us all with him. Which, for the record, I'm on board with. Jesus wants to come back and just take us to heaven. I'm good with that. Let's do it. I That would be... That's... That's the best case scenario. And if that could happen today, that would be awesome, right? So I'm on board with that. But I don't necessarily want to go through some big, massive, destructive, fatal accident with my family. That's, that doesn't sound fun. You know, like, uh, I would rather us go at the right time and all that. And here's the thing. With, well, if you're up there in heaven and we're down here, uh, if I go to heaven... I've I've thought about this a lot. It doesn't time doesn't work the same way in heaven as it as it is here. Uh, sure, you may be in mourning a while and miss me. Hopefully, you miss me. That would be. Uh, but it'd be like a snap of the fingers to me, and the next thing you know, the family would be there. Like I picture. I, I've I've thought about this. I picture it like this. I arrive in heaven. I meet Jesus, and I am in awe. Like I just fall to my knees. I worship, and I don't know how long that's going to be. I don't know. Some, t- some people think that you just worship all the time. Others say, no, you can't because there's a city. There's a lot of, we don't know. We've never met anybody who's been to heaven and been back. Other, you know, me, Jesus, people is what I'm saying. But anyways, so I meet Jesus. I'm in awe. I worship for how long that is. Then I explore this amazing city that he has built for us, right? So... We know that there's a city they built because in Hebrews eleven sixteen it says, Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now, this city is big, really big. And, and here is like the measurements and description. And we get that in Revelation 21, 16 through 21. It says, The city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide. He measured the city with a rod and found it to be 1,200 stadia. In length, and it was wide and high as it is long. The angel measured the wall using human measurements, and it was 144 cubits thick. The wall was made of jasper, and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The foundations of the city's walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a gate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh crystallite, uh, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great city street of the city was gold, as pure as transparent glass. Now, in doing a little bit of quick research on the old Google, uh, to wrap your mind around how big the city is, 
if we think of it in miles, it's almost 1,400 miles by 1,400 miles. And it's also tall. So there's, it's gigantic. So when I say I'm going to get there, I'm going to meet Jesus, I'm going to be in awe, I'm going to worship, then I'm going to explore the city. Obviously, I won't be able to explore the whole city very quickly. Then, so I don't know how long I'm going to be doing that for a little bit. Then I got to go find my grandparents. And I would like to say that would be the first thing I would want to do is go find my grandparents because I really miss my grandpa the most and I want to see him. But, I mean, that's a big city. I got to find him. I don't know. I don't know if he's just going to be waiting for me at the gates. I feel like Jesus is going to be the one that I see first. This is just all scenarios, obviously. But that's kind of how it's going to go. I'm going to look for Grandpa. I'm going to see him, the city, all that. Maybe meet some other people. Hey, I heard about you in the Bible. You know, that kind of thing. And the next thing you know, I'm going to turn around and my family is going to be right there. The, the, time is not, the time is like it could have been, it could be many years here. But it's going to feel like just a moment. And then my family's going to be there. And also, I don't feel like I'm going to be sad when I get there. I know I'm not going to be sad when I get there and the family's down here because in Revelation uh, 21.4, it says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things that have passed away. So I don't feel like anybody's going to be crying and mourning when we get to heaven because we're going to have it. We made it. We got it. Yes. And then, boom, my family's going to be there. So I think it's going to, I see it as a win-win to get to heaven by 60 at the latest. I'm ready now. Take me today. Take me. I'm not afraid. And it may sound crazy because I brought that up to other people and they're like, so what, how old are you now? I'm like 46. And they're like, so you have, you know, 14, but it's actually like 13 and a half. Um, years before that's going to happen. I'm like, yeah, that's 13 years, 13, 14 years. That's a long time. That's a real long time. Four, just think about 14 more years. I've had some rough years the last few years and I'm tired. I'm just tired. And I see things going down the tubes with society and it's just like, how... I see this amazing place that I can get to. I I'm, I'm, I want to go there. Why do I want to wait? Let's just go now. Now, of course, I don't want my family to be sad and upset and, God forbid, spiral out of control. That would be awful. Nobody wants that. But if they know where I am and they know that they too can get there to meet me there, in heaven, in this magic, amazing place, and they want to see me again, then they will. They should lean on their faith, trust in God, trust in Jesus, and meet me there. Yes, you'll have a little bit more time here on, in the cesspool, in the sinful rock that we are sitting on, but there is an amazing place that you too can go, and it's free. You just have to accept it. You, you could, we could be there together. That sounds amazing. So we should be, I don't know. I don't know people who want to stick around here. Like why? I, I want a great place. I, I'm tired of nonsense. And from what I hear, there's no nonsense in heaven. It's nonsense free. Shenanigans free. 
It is perfect. The perfect place where we get to live eternity. And I can't wait. So, that's what I have for you today. I don't know what my wife's going to say after this. Because she really is triggered by this when I talk about it. And I bring it to the world, you know. Ah, but it is what it is. So um, that's what I have for you today. I hope you have a great day. Think about this. Think about heaven. You know, and uh, I'll see you next time.